0: Before we get back to Door to Eternity, please consider this amazing offer. We have a free gift for sinners who want to support us here at Door to Eternity. You may have asked yourself, how can I support Door to Eternity? Well, now for the first time, perhaps anywhere, we have reserved some free vacation packages to be able to offer and thank our top supporters. For anyone who sponsors one episode at 500 an episode, you will receive a three to five day four star rated luxury vacation rated by TripAdvisor for either nationally or international destinations and no this is not a timeshare presentation no nothing like that it's a real four to five star luxury vacation as a way of thanking you for your support see more about it at freegrandvacation.com so if you are interested and want to support us here simply contact us at support at door and in the subject field put something like I would like to support Door to Eternity. We will then contact you and we'll give you all the details about your possible luxury grand vacation. It's one of those rare win-win scenarios. Don't let this one slide you by. Go ahead and contact us today. Support at doortoeternity.com. Welcome. You are about to enter the Door to Eternity podcast with your host, Jesse Carter, who provides you with a rare viewpoint of end times prophecy explained by a normal everyday guy who guides you down a simple roadmap toward taking advantage of your eternal destiny. You're standing at your door to eternity. So come on in and join us.
1: Hey, thanks for stopping by again. This is the next episode of Door to Eternity. I'm your host, Jesse Carter. So I want to give you some signs of the second coming so that you can know it's at hand. Okay, remember when I quoted and Jesus said that this generation shall not pass before all these things are fulfilled, right? So before that, he's talking to his disciples. In Matthew chapter 24, verses 9 onward, he says, Then they will deliver you over to be persecuted and killed, and you will be hated by all nations because of my name. At that time many will fall away and betray and hate one another, and many false prophets will arise and mislead many. Now he's talking about the apostasy, or what is referred to as the falling away meaning Christians who once loved him or thought they loved him or knew him fell away and started chasing other things besides Christ, besides their creator. And so they went astray, as it so states. So this is what it's talking about. And they will chase other false prophets and be misled by many. So let me go on in verse 12. He says, Because of the multiplication of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. But the one who perseveres to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. And we can see it in our world. Wickedness, the love of many has grown cold. They're not kind to their neighbors. They want to quickly take people to court on the stupidest of infractions. They're mean, they're nasty. It's just increasing at a phenomenal rate. You can see it over and over and over. It's, and, and people are hurting other people for no other reason but greed and lust and just the multiplication of wickedness, as he said. So the gospel has to be preached into all the worlds, and in the end will come. Well, we know through radio, through television, we know through all types of social media now, the gospel or the good news, The testimony, as he said, has been preached to the whole world, has been told to the whole world. The fact that you're listening to this podcast now is a part of that. You're hearing the testimony of prophetic teaching, but the end will come. So he's stating that. Let's go back to the fig tree is Israel in Scripture. It's been talked about pretty good bit. So Scripture talks about Israel so when that those figs of the fig tree get almost ripe, you know the end is is very close. So let's talk about Israel. Israel's a miracle in itself. Well, no nation has come back from being totally destroyed. Yes, they've called Rome the Holy Roman Empire at one point, but it was just covering the same territory as the ancient Roman Empire. They called it the Holy Roman Empire, or they called it numerous other names. But it wasn't the same empire, wasn't the same country that it once was. Israel is. And back in May 14th, 1948, the state of Israel came into being. Keep that date in mind, 1948. As I'm recording this, it's 2022. That's a period of 74 years. Well, here's the thing that, remember when Jesus said, this generation shall not pass. Well, if you start from there to now, it's 74 years. A generation typically could be from 60 years to 80 years long. So well within that range of 60 to 80 years, 74 years. If it's 80 years, then of course it's right around the corner. What if that generation wasn't started in 1948, but it was restarted when East Jerusalem was captured? And what if that generation started... At the Six-Day War, when East Jerusalem was captured and consolidated into one city. Now, we know Jerusalem is a very important city to God. One thing that gets his anger is when his city is divided or his land is divided, okay? So, it was brought back together. So, if you, even if you look at that, 1967 to 2022, that brings us to 65 years again within that range of 60 to 80 years of a generation. So Jesus said this generation shall not pass before these things happen, and his return is near. Here we are. We're right here at the doorstep. We're right here at the door to eternity. You are. So your decision is pretty close. You've got to make that decision, or you will be left behind as the five brides that were not taken by the bridegroom and you'll be left on this earth during that seven-year tribulation time. So search your heart, search your soul, search your life, to see what you need to do to correct that. And I'm just stating the obvious, of course, but time is not on our side. It's very close at hand. So that's why Israel is very important. It gets back to that, what I've talked about, is recording of time, that God has created time, and Jerusalem helps us keep time not just uh things of the past but also things of the future prophetically and things are measured by israel quite a bit okay so here's some more scripture along those same lines and jesus actually commanded us to watch for his return in mark chapter 13 35 through 37 it states quote you too must keep watch for you don't know when the master of the household will return in the evening At midnight, before dawn, or at daybreak. Don't let him find you sleeping when he arrives without warning. I say to you what I say to everyone watch for him. So don't find yourself sleeping. That means delaying your decision or procrastinating in knowing what you need to do for eternity. Now, his disciples at one point asked Jesus what will be the signs of his coming. So Jesus described a number of events and concluded with saying, When you see these things occur, look up, for your salvation is near. That's Luke chapter 21, verses 28. So let me go to Scripture and describe the two parts of his return and give you an idea of what they are. The first one is in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 15 through 18 and it says we who are still living when the lord returns will not meet him ahead of those who have died for the lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of god first the christians who have died will rise from their graves then together with them we who are still alive and remain on earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Then we will be with the Lord forever. So encourage each other with these words, End quote. So in stating that, that's the rapture, and you'll see that we as Christians are caught up in the air. You who have come to know Christ and love Christ and given your life to him will be part of that crowd, part of that group. He commanding with the shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God. Remember what we talked about? The last trump, that's it. That's what they're talking about right there. And that's a part of that, you know, that marriage celebration where that last trump is announced, and he goes out to get his bride, the bridegroom. And in that rapture, it means catching up. Rapture is not in, the word rapture is not in the Bible, but I believe it's Greek, and... It means catching up. And so you can see in that passage that we are being caught up to be with him in the clouds. And it's like a thief in the night. You know, it's kind of quick and nobody knows it. And let me tell you something. When this happens, everything will collapse in this world. People will try to deny it. People will try to write it off. Uh, Leaders will say that we were snatched by aliens or all kinds of nonsense And people will be believing it because they've watched it enough in their lifetime. They've been brainwashed enough to believe that aliens are here and they're coming for us. You know, you've seen it from X-Files to wherever. It's on every movie. They'll say the aliens got us and took us back or eliminated us to get, prepare the way for a good, a good, a better world, so to speak. So, but anyway, we're caught up. We're gone the economies will collapse around the world. People will be in turmoil. Their emotions will go crazy. They'll be angry. They will be confused. Everything will be happening all at once because remember the Christians that have the Holy Spirit in them, that controls evil to some point. And so when that, all that's taken out, then everything is unleashed. All the bad, all the evil, all the not good things will be like a floodgate. And so that's what will be happening. Incidentally, this leads to the mark of the Antichrist, the 666. You've heard of that. We'll discuss that later. But essentially 666 means 6 is the number of man. And three sixes is the attempt to imitate God, which would be the 777. God, the Trinity, is perfect. And that 7, number 7, is complete or perfection. So... They'll try to imitate God, but they'll fall short by one digit, you know. So uh, they'll be in the form of men, the false prophet, which will imitate the Holy Spirit. He will be a man, the Antichrist, which will try to imitate Jesus Christ. He will be a man. And later when the Antichrist is killed and his body is taken over by Satan, of course, Satan tries to imitate God the Father. So there's your unholy trinity, as they call it. So that's the first part of this, and we are taken to the marriage supper of the land. We are taken into our eternal home, uh, just like that story with the bride. There'll be much celebration, just as it was foretold. Then the seven-year tribulations will happen. We'll talk about that on another issue, another episode And then at the end of that seven years, here's the last part of that return of Jesus Christ. And this is in Revelation chapter 19, verses 11 through 16. It says, Then I saw heaven opened, and a white horse was standing there. Its rider was named Faithful and True, for he judges fairly and wages a righteous war. His eyes were like flames of fire, and on his head were many crowns. A name was written on him that no one understood except himself. He wore a robe dipped in blood, and his title was the Word of God. The armies of heaven, dressed in the finest of pure white linen, followed him on white horses. From his mouth came a sharp sword to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron rod. He will release the fierce wrath of God, the Almighty, like juice flowing from a wine press. On his robe at his thigh was written this title King of All Kings and Lord of All Lords. End quote. So let me just kind of discuss that real quick. He's coming back to rule to right all the wrongs that are happening during the seven year tribulation. And he's going to judge it. He's going to judge the nations. He's going to judge the people, just as it says in that scripture. He's going to wage war against the Antichrist and the armies behind his service. And you can see the power that comes from him. His eyes were like flames of fire. You, you see that he, he, his fierceness. You're not going to be able to escape that. And neither will they. And it says his robe dipped in blood, blood because he will be shedding quite a bit of blood that day. Humankind is his creation. Who are we to tell him what he can or can't do to us or with us? We are at his mercy. You don't want his wrath. You want his love. You can accept his love and have eternal life, or you can accept his wrath and have eternal death. It's the choice that you have. It's what he's given you. Now it says in there his mouth came as a sharp sword to strike down the nations. The sword he's talking about there is the word of God. We talk about in the Bible it talks about the word of God is a two edges is a two edged sword. Okay, in John, the book of John, chapter one, verses one, it says In the beginning was the word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made, and without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Well that refers to Jesus. Jesus is the Word. He's the Word of God. It says it over and over and over throughout Scripture. And that passage right there says that He is God. So that's why we know that He is part of the Trinity. He is part of the triune Godhead. And we know that all things were created by Him. That's why we think of Him as the Creator. And in Him was life. And so that life was the light of men. You see that fire coming out of His eyes? That's, that's a that's just a raging fire of light. But he comes to overcome the darkness. Remember, the darkness is there on the earth during that seven-year period tribulation. So he's there to overcome it. And he's going to shine his light in that darkness. And then he's going to rule over it as the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. Now, continuing on a little bit, it talks about Jesus in John Chapter 1, verses 6 quote, There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. End quote. That's John the Baptist, who was come to witness. Uh, you'll see that in a lot in Scripture. There's always a witness to prove or have proof of something that's been accomplished or done or that is evident truth. So John was a witness. In verse 7, quote, He came as a witness to testify about the light. So that through him everyone might believe. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. Quote. Now the light there is Jesus Christ, and that's he came to testify about the light. That's what it's talking about there. So going further in verses nine, quote, the true light who gives light to every man was coming into the world. He was in the world and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. To those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of blood, nor of the desire or will of man, but born of God. End quote. Now, let me cover that real quick here. Jesus here is saying, that the world was made through him, but they didn't recognize him. And he came unto his own, but the, but his own did not receive him. He's talking about the Jews. When he came to be their Messiah, the first time he came, they didn't recognize him. They nailed him to a cross, but he did come to them first. Then it goes on to say, but all who did receive him to those who believed in his name, meaning Jesus, He gave the right to become children of God, meaning you now have the right to be living with him, God, in heaven. And it says children were not born of blood, meaning of the Jewish ancestry or Jewish race, but born of God, meaning the second birth or born again. You've heard that probably many times. Jesus actually said that to a man that asked him about it, and he says, you must be born again. And we've talked about this being in a womb here on this earth. You're, of course, you're a real human being. You're an adult, even. Okay, now let me read you a little scripture. It's a little lengthy, but bear with me. It gets back to that light that we've been talking about. It's in Book of John, chapter 3. And let me start with the first verse through verse 20. Quote, Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, A leader of the Jews he came to Jesus at night and said rabbi we know that you are a teacher who has come from God for no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him Jesus replied truly truly I tell you no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again how can a man be born when he is old Nicodemus asked Can he enter his mother's womb a second time to be born jesus answered truly truly i tell you no one can enter the kingdom of god unless he is born of water and the spirit flesh is born of flesh but spirit is born of the spirit do not be amazed that i said you must be born again the wind blows where it wishes you hear its sound but you do not know where it comes from or where it is going So it is with every one born of the Spirit. How can this be? Nicodemus asked. You are Israel's teacher, said Jesus, and you do not understand these things? Truly, truly, we speak of what we know, and we testify to what we have seen. And yet you people do not accept our testimony. If I have told you about earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? no one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven the son of man just as moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness so the son of man must be lifted up that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life for god so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that everyone who believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe has already been condemned, because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only son. And this is the verdict. The light has come into the world, but men love the darkness rather than the light, because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and does not come into the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But whoever practices the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen clearly that what he has done has been accomplished in God. End quote. So you just see multiple layers there of everything we've been talking about. You're seeing Jesus talk about being born again, meaning being born of the Spirit. And His Spirit is the Holy Spirit, who is in each one of those that are Christians. Each one of those who believes in Him will have eternal life, as He states. That's the door to eternity, doorway to eternal life. He is the door, as we've talked about before. So you will not perish, you will have eternal life, as He clearly states. And if you think and know Him as the Creator, this is not a problem at all. You don't know, like the wind he talked about, you don't know where it's coming from. You don't know where it's going. Just know that he's going to take care of you. You don't know how he's going to do it. You don't know the way he's going to do it, but you will have eternal life by believing in him. And I'm talking about a belief that's with real love, like your life depends on it. You love him. You, he's your creator. And remember, we talked about the darkness. Well, he's talking about there that the darkness is that seven year tribulation. You don't want to go through that. Those people who reject him, they love the darkness. They loved evil. They loved doing bad to other people. They loved and they will love harming other people. And you will see that in the book of Revelation where they go after and try to kill people and they steal, they destroy. And one of those signs we're seeing, like the fig tree that's blooming and the figs are near ripe, right, we're seeing it in our world today. You look at leaders doing all sorts of horrendous things, it gets exposed, and it's quickly denied because they fear their deeds being exposed, just like Jesus talked about there. So that's why they hate Jesus, because he exposes the darkness, he is light. Anyway, that's why they hate his name uh, so much, and anything associated with him, that's why they don't like him, they don't like Christians, they don't like people that are his you see the dichotomy happening before our eyes. You see the good and the evil. There's no gray area much anymore. You see the sheep and the goats. You see the wheat and the chaff. It talks about that in the end times. The wheat will be separated from the chaff. The chaff is stuff you don't want to eat. It's terrible. It's not nutritious. It's not good for you. And the same thing you know, with what's happening today today. You see the good and the bad. It's becoming increasingly separated. There's no middle ground anymore. You can't even hardly talk to people and they get angry with you. If you get angry with what I'm talking about here, just trying to enlighten you, then you might be one of those that have been, you know, taken over uh, in the dark side. (laughs) It's a Star Wars analogy. You've gone to the dark side. So that's all preliminary. I know it doesn't seem prophetic, but you've got to know the background to many of these prophecy type things. You've got to understand where it's all coming from, not just from the prophets, but also from Jesus Christ himself, the teacher, the rabbi they were talking about there that Nicodemus was asking about, the teacher, which is what rabbi means. So he's teaching us. He's trying to tell us, you know, that you've got to be born again. You've got to be born of the Spirit. And how does that happen? You have to give your life and your trust over to him to make that happen. Now, when I say you have to be born of the Spirit, let me get something across to you. You'll notice in that passage that I read to you, that first part that describes the rapture, that we will be taken up. And it says those that are asleep or those that are dead will be taken up first jesus knows every particle or the creator knows every particle that is in your body remember this body is a temporary tent it's a temporary dwelling place and that's what where our spirit resides our soul is in this body of flesh so he can move us out of that abode move us out of that tent anytime he's he sees fit now the people that are dead their particles are still on this earth And what he's talking about is he can resurrect those bodies, those particles. It may be atoms. They may have been, you know, someone cremated, dust in the wind. You've heard that song, We're Dust in the Wind by Kansas. That's one of my favorite songs, actually. It kind of refers to the fact that we're here and there. In the blink of an eye, we're gone. You know, we're here and we're dust. And many times the preachers will talk, we are dust to dust, ashes to ashes, I mean, we came from dust and we'll go back to dust. But what it's saying is Jesus can resurrect us and we are going to be with him in heaven. Now, we are in bodies that are corruptible. We have to be with him in bodies that are incorruptible. So he will be giving us new bodies. And the scriptures talk about that. We'll talk about that more. Or you can look that up yourself. Just go to the Internet and go to Bible Hub and type in Bible, then incorruptible bodies and you'll see what our body's going to be like. It's going to be like His. Not not that we will be like God, and we won't be God's. We will still be His created in, in His image. But because we are the bride of Christ, and He is the bridegroom, we will have a body that's not spiritual. We're not talking about God or the Holy Spirit who don't have bodies that we can comprehend. He is here in the flesh the first time He came, and He will have an incorruptible body in the future for all eternity and so will we as the bride of christ so the things that he has you know his body and everything we will be very similar to his we won't be ghosts that's my point we won't be spirits floating around in some clouds or something you know we will have real bodies and we'll have bodies like his incorruptible so anyway i just want to make that very clear so the second coming of jesus christ is those two times that are separated by the seven years normally called the tribulation period and the prophet daniel and jesus talked about that as being a great anguish that will come upon the nations and in the book of revelation the author or the writer john he describes the events of the tribulation with horrendous things like tormenting locusts there'll be hail and fire rain down upon the earth. The death of about one half of mankind will occur. There'll be great earthquake happening. There'll be a meteor hit the earth called Wormwood and that is actually right on the way. Look up on the internet a gentleman by the name of Tom Horn. He wrote a book about this Wormwood. He thinks it is just right around the corner meaning it could happen within the next few years according to his research delving through NASA information. Okay, go to YouTube and type in the following. The Wormwood Prophecy, colon, 2029 Asteroid Striking Earth, question mark, Tom Horn. And you will see a good YouTube video talking about this asteroid striking the Earth in 2029. Well, he talks about this hitting the earth at the mid part of the tribulation, just as prophesied in the scripture. So if that's 2029, mid part of the tribulation, which is three and a half years, you back that up, let's say four years, that's 2025, that it could be the tribulation could be starting, maybe, or it could be starting before that. So we're very close, and you'll see what we're talking about here. But that's just one of the things that they talk about in Revelations and the tremendous horrors that will happen on Earth. And if you can imagine an asteroid hitting, it will just devastate many of the things of this world. It will throw up dust into the atmosphere. There will be climate change beyond what you are experiencing today. The nonsense of climate change that they talk about today will be nothing compared to what will happen in. You put a lot of dust up into the atmosphere and it's floating around there for the few years. Tremendous things that could happen just from the impact of an asteroid. Anyway, Revelations talks about that seven years in between that time when Jesus will come back and rapture and capture his bride and be with him during the marriage supper of the Lamb till the time he comes back with all power and glory and to subdue the armies of the Antichrist and put them under his authority and then that end time will come and after that the millennial reign will occur for a thousand years and we'll talk about what happens after that at another time all of this is prophecy and it's showing you that we are very close that you need to be prepared for everything that's coming and i just want to thank you for being part of this episode and being with me here today and with that i will sign out and say by his grace
0: Before we get back to Door to Eternity, please consider this amazing offer.
2: Hey, I've got a question for you. Do you have a cable bill or a phone bill or any other monthly bill for things like internet or home security? Of course you do. Well, guess what? You're probably being overcharged and you're not alone. Millions of Americans are overpaying on their monthly bills to the tune of $60 billion a year. What if you could pay less for the exact same services? No, really, no change. And then use that extra money for things that make your life better. Like a family vacation, college tuition, or simply taking some me time. Sound too good to be true? It's not. You can put your savings on autopilot. We'll analyze your bills and negotiate on your behalf, so you won't pay any more than you should for the essential services you use every day. You don't pay unless we can save you money. When we lower your bills, we'll split the savings with you, and you'll get the same or better service than you have today for less money and no hassle. We know because we've already saved our customers millions of dollars on their essential services like mobile phone, internet, cable, and more. You send us your bills, we lower them. It's that simple. Stop overpaying today. Send us your bills. That's all it takes to start living your life better.
1: Just check us out today at mybillreduce.com Mybillreduce.com.